0: Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I am your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph. And uh, we're going to talk about wine and all sorts of other stuff. But first, because it's a New Year episode, I wanted, to, mm-hmm. I wanted to run by a couple of things. Uh, I guess quiz items. Sure. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about these Items a lot lately, and so I figured I'd run it by you. It has been 33 years since The Simpsons came out. Well, more than that, actually, because it came out mid year, but Mm -hmm. uh, it has been 33 years, and that's not quite as long as you and I have been alive, but it's basically been part of our lives the entire time we've been alive. And I don't think you're really particularly a Simpsons fan, but I, I just thought I would I would kind of point that out. What do you think about that? Isn't that kind of weird to think about how long it, The Simpsons has been on?
1: Yeah. So this is one of
0: those things where it's like, don't don't bring up Futurama because I, I I'm going to bring that up next.
1: Oh no no no! Sorry. <laughs> like to me to me it's one of those things where it's like I don't like. I don't know the economics of the Simpsons,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I don't understand why people, why it's still culturally
0: relevant. I agree with you because I have not watched the Simpsons probably since college. Yeah. Um, I, I might've, you know what I I did. Do you remember that one time I was really sick for a while? I watched, I think 23 seasons of the Simpsons when I was sick. <laughs> so I wow. think I caught up to that point, which was probably mm-hmm. like 2014 yeah, or something like that. And so I, I did watch a lot of Simpsons at that time and it was, and I do re- kind of remember at the time going like, this is sort of amazing that this show has been around this long. And I, I'm re-watching it now a little bit in the background when I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it is... The show, especially in the first couple of seasons, is extremely wholesome, I would say, by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the standards of when I was a kid, it was not wholesome. It was, I, I, I can see why my parents didn't let me watch it. Yeah. Well, it's, um,
1: it's one of those shows where it's like... I've seen episodes that I get what they're like, I, I can see the context that I would not have seen as a kid. Right. And I really enjoyed the movie. Like my dad okay. really enjoyed the movie. Like my dad wasn't like a big Simpsons fan. My dad really did like King of the Hill. Um, And he used to watch it with my brother, which was really funny. Cause like, I don't think either think of either of them as cartoon watchers. Right. Um, But like, you know, spider pig was really funny, but like I, like my wife has a big connection to the Simpsons and it's like, I could not see letting my daughter watch them. And I can't imagine by the time I would conceivably be like, yeah, like the Simpsons is like an okay thing for her to watch now. I, I just don't see why anybody would be what, it's like family guy. Like, yeah, I don't understand why anybody still watches it or like SNL. It's like, yeah. Who are these people and who gives a shit? Like,
0: Right. Well, yeah, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it because, and I sort of, it's funny that you brought up King of the Hill because I sort of feel the same way where I, I can't think of like King of the Hill is done in such a way where I don't think it's inappropriate for anybody in particular because I, it's done in such a way where I feel like it is over the head of people that it's inappropriate for but has enough humor that for a younger audience is still somewhat entertaining.
1: Like, and that's one of those things where as a dad, I don't know if I agree. Okay. But my daughter does watch King of the Hill and we do watch Bob's burgers and like the very early seasons of Bob's burgers are like not provocative per se, but like, the like the older daughter who's like 13 or 14 in the show. Yeah. Who likes
0: butts. Yeah.
1: And like writes erotic friend fiction that involves zombies. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like, kind of like, you know, it, it never progresses to like a sexual element, but like she's talking about like making out with multiple boys at once. And, and, you know, like I understand there are plenty of women who have, Kind of guyish fantasies as a kid. Right. That don't ever act on them. They don't get crazy. They don't do anything silly. That's not something they desire now. That sort of thing. And I, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, there's three tran like transvestite prostitutes in the early seasons. And like, or in the like one of the early episodes. And it, it's not that it gets bad then they you know as you and i were discussing the other week about like sex work it it, it's not like i'm shaming them for doing it but it's also one of those things where it's like this is supposed to be a family show right and it's much more wholesome than that now but also like this last season hasn't really been that good and but like i also like there are several people who didn't leave the show per se, but like there's these two sisters that wrote for it and they wrote some pretty good episodes. And they also wrote some ones that didn't care for that much mm-hmm. that like have their own show now. And it's okay. along that same animation style on Fox or something like that, or on Hulu, like one of the two. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like mainly. And I think it's because like, you know, everybody's always talking about like, the siloing off of the culture and stuff like that. Like I've been over here kind of like in my own cultural silo for a while, just kind of going like, Oh wait, the Simpsons still happen. Like,
0: well, really? I, so I <laughs> get, that's, that's part of the question, I guess that I, that I thought I, that I was kind of like driving at with that mm-hmm. is that the realization that it's been that long, but also when you and I were kids and I think that, if I recall correctly, you had the same situation where um, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but where you were not allowed to watch the Simpsons because Bart was disrespectful to his parents. Did you have that? Or am I thinking of something else?
1: I was for sure not allowed to watch the Simpsons. Okay. But I don't know. Like my mom like really doesn't like King of the Hill. Really? And yeah, but like, I think my mom doesn't like adult cartoons. Okay. Like full stop. And I don't know how, like, it's not that, like my mom definitely never tried to stop me from watching cartoon cartoons, Mm -hmm. but like my mom does like the Looney Tunes and like, you know, that sort of cartoon, like she is fine with that. Um, but like, she wasn't like a super big fan of SpongeBob and, you know, things like that. Like she doesn't really have a problem with the PBS cartoons and, you know, the generally okay kid cartoons. Um, but like, she is definitely not an adult cartoon person
0: and I
1: don't know if it's a personal preference sort of thing. It's just like, this is not the medium for adults Mm -hmm. or if it was because Bart was disrespectful and I'm sure it plays into it, but like, that was not like a big, as far as I like, I didn't have a huge desire to watch it anyway. Okay. And like, cause I also remember like, I'm the oldest and like, that's true. Yeah. My friend Thomas, who was also older than me, like it's a little, like my friend Thomas is like your oldest sister is like, how, how much older is your older sister
0: than us? She's two years older than me, so she's uh yeah, she 36 now, I guess. Yeah, you know. so
1: she's she's roughly two, yeah. So my friend Thomas is roughly the same age, um, okay. and his family could watch The Simpsons, but like they moved to Puerto Rico for a while because like his dad was in Seal. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, like, so they watched it, and like I just didn't have a connection to it, nor did I have a desire. And then, like, I think my friend. Shane and his brother, Brian and Brian's like 14 months younger, older than us. Like, I think they watched it. And again, like it just, it didn't attract me,
0: but like, It's, it's so interesting to me because I don't think there was any specific attraction to me for it, but I do remember it being such a cultural force. Uh, and I, I almost wonder if it was such a cultural force because of how much my parents were against it. Well,
1: I think, and this is kind of one of those things where I think it was not that it wasn't popular here, but I think it may have been more popular in California in some way. And it's yeah. like my, but like my wife's siblings are five and 10 years older than her. So they were definitely of age. But like I remember how big. South Park was and yeah. how much like I wanted to watch that. And I seem to remember like at a certain point like not getting the okay to watch it, but like it's just becoming like, okay, it's on. It's it's not going away. Like it's not the end of the world, sort of thing. But I remember when it yeah. first came out, it was just like hell no, no way. Like that's, that's the devil show. <laughs> not in yeah. a, a religious way, but like my parents were just like, my mom especially was just like, yeah, it's not happening.
0: Yeah. And, like, and, and I, I mean, I kind of vaguely recall that being an issue in South park, but I think that by the time that we had access to South park, wasn't until I was a teenager because it was a cable show and, uh, we didn't have cable until we moved to Virginia.
1: Yeah. And that that's the thing is like, we had like, I remember, so I remember when I was at, like at my parents house in the Betsy Ross neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we got cartoon network and then I remember Um, Did you ever, and you may not have, did you ever see the real adventures of Johnny quest? Yeah. Yeah. So I I Uh, remember when that show came out. Okay. So, and I remember like my mom telling me like, I would love Johnny quest because Johnny quest was like a boy show from when she was a kid. Yeah. And this was a new Johnny quest. And I think like, and I like my brother may have been born or it was his birthday the day it came out. And like, I just remember a bunch of people being at my house for some reason, like when the, the first episode was on and basically being like a pissy little crappy kid because I couldn't watch the episode and couldn't hear what was going on. And like, I had no idea they would ever play the episode again.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: Like, just didn't understand how television worked. It was just so incensed that I wasn't getting to watch this show that, like, people had told me I would really like, even though it was brand new and nobody had ever seen it.
0: Right. Huh.
1: Yeah, but, like, so, I, like, so what the way that was going is, like, I seem to remember, oh man, this came out in '96. Huh.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah.
1: So my brother would have been four, I guess. But yeah, like, I just seem to remember... But you know what?
0: But Voyager came out in 96, too. And and Voyager is such a pivotal part of my childhood. Yeah. Star Star Trek Voyager, for anybody who doesn't know that anything related to Star Trek, I just drop Star Trek and just say the the name of the show.
1: Yeah. But But that's the thing. I remember that being, like, such a thing and... Like now, you know, like it, yeah. So like, I don't remember when we got cable. So, right. and I remember, this is so weird. Well, see, like,
0: th- I would say that this is probably a big difference though, between you and me when it comes to like television culture is that I remember when we got TV because we didn't have TV for the first six or seven years of my life mm-hmm. at all, like no TV. So we, we, yeah. we listen to radio and, uh, which is a very old person type memory or whatever. But my mom was very much opposed to television until we moved into my grand. Well, I guess it would have been the first four years of my life, I guess, because we moved into my parents, my grandparents' house when I was uh, five or four or five, I guess. And uh, they had TV. And so that was just kind of the end of the, we're not doing TV. Uh, yeah. Experiment, I guess. But I I think maybe television is much more impactful in that regard because of that for me.
1: Maybe. And that's the thing is like, I know when I was a kid, my mom would often put me in front of the TV to watch um, MTV music videos. When I was a kid like to have something on.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So
1: like while she would take a shower or something, cause like the music right. would distract me. Sure. So, but yeah, that's that. Like, I mean, so, but like, we also didn't do TV on weeknights for a very long time. And like, I think we didn't do TV after dinner, like just all sorts of stuff like that for a long time. Yeah. And we didn't, right. we didn't like, as I've told you before, like, I got a Game Boy at some point when I was young, but we didn't get a video game video game system. Like, we got an NES when the 64 was, like, a year or more older. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, that's interesting, because I think I... But I had a Game Boy because I traded for it, and a Game Gear because I traded for it. Yeah. But I But I was not allowed to have a... TV type video game system until I was much older.
1: That is interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Weird. So anyways, the secondary part of that is the cultural relevance of Simpsons and then King of the Hill as well, which um, I think to you and me now was King of the Hill for you a kid's thing? Or was that something you became a fan of when you were an adult?
1: Um, so I definitely remember it from when I was young. But I do not remember it. The way most like, it's not something I remember watching live. Okay. At the time, like it was definitely something that I saw I knew existed. I enjoyed, but I had never like fully seen, I guess would be the,
0: well, you know, what's funny about it is be, and there, I think probably the reason why I remember it so strongly is I don't, I didn't watch the first couple of seasons of it live, Mm -hmm. but it ended in 2010 which was a year after I started my professional career. And it was such a, um, after high school and probably to- in the middle of high school as well, was one of those sh- was like probably the first show where I actually tried to catch it on Sunday nights mm-hmm. where I, like I actually made an effort to see that show. And it was culturally relevant and, um, culturally relevant and i think i had i had enough people who watched it i i I distinctly remember my my uh friend one of my first friends in virginia was uh this guy chris that he and i used to have a debate whether or not king of the hill or the simpsons was better and my position was always king of the hill Mm -hmm. just because i i thought it was a funnier show a more relatable show at least for me and um and we used to, we always used to talk about average laughs. So he would always be like, well, The Simpsons has X number of average laughs per episode and The Simpsons has fewer average laughs. And I, I said, I don't think that's true. And I said, and average laughs don't really play into how much you enjoy the show. It could be that The Simpsons is funnier, but King of the Hill is better. So like, I remember we used to have these arguments all the time, which is a very silly argument. <laughs> but when you're you know, in a freshman in high school, it's that's the type of argument you have. But the but King of the Hill ended in 2010 and uh went through our entire, I guess, adolescence into adulthood. So it's it's much more of a I I feel like that I, I kind of remember when it came out ninety seven ish. Mm-hmm. Um was it ninety seven? Let me look real quick. Yeah, 97. Came out in 97. So it's been 25 years since King of the Hill premiered. It premiered January 12th, 1997. Wow. Yeah, so 25 years since King of the Hill aired. And that to me is, uh, I, I don't know. That to me is like a definitive show of the 90s, even though it was late 90s that it came out. And sort of on that same note, two years after King of the Hill, another show that I think is relevant to you and me was Futurama, Mm -hmm. which I find much, much more relevant than the Simpsons. Even though that's now been 23 years since it came out.
1: Yeah. the, The King of the, like the Futurama, I definitely saw more of while it was still on television. Yeah, but what I would say is like none of these were appointment television for me. Like The X-Files was appointment television. Okay. But also I think because my parents watched it and it was something we did together. And not that okay. like my parents and I didn't do a lot together, but like that was something they Really liked was the X Files,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I watched the X Files with them. Right. So I can that yeah, that's kind of my memory of that. So
0: well, oh. and you know my feelings about the X Files because yes, I, I, by evidence of my dogs Foxy and Mulder, yeah, um, how much I like the X Files. But so that that's interesting. So that kind of like it's sort of a roundabout long kind of new year's episode or whatever. Is like these, I don't know why these have, these specific things have been on my mind since the new year. I think, mm-hmm. I think I probably saw something and I was like, Holy crap. That's been on that long. <laughs>
1: Cause,
0: Cause I don't think of the King. I don't think of King of Hill as being that old. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of think of the Simpsons as being that old because it's always been on since I've, I've in my memory, it's always been a show. And, uh, but King of the Hill and Futurama, I don't really think of as being that old. But I also kind of know that they are that old. So I don't know. It's kind of one of those weird. It's one of, like, there's one very, there's one very poignant scene. I think it's in season one of Futurama that, that kind of reminds me of how old Futurama is, is when Amy gets her new cell phone. And mm-hmm. when she's talking on it, she accidentally inhales it because it's so <laughs> small. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and so, and at the time that was what it was. The joke was that cell phones are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, yeah, and kind of in retrospect, it's like, I look at my own cell phone and I'm kind of like, well, that's not really the thing anymore. <laughs> but, uh, it's just kind of one of those kind of weird things where it's very, very dated. Mm-hmm. But King of the Hill, it does have that sort of stuff, but also feels timeless to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and and I think it might just be because I like it so much. Is it's timeless? I mean, you and I share fan fiction of it, you know, from time to time, where we're like. Yeah. Well, then Lucky, you know, Lucky took his PP slip money and put it into Bitcoin and now he's a billionaire or something like that. Like, yeah. Those kind of silly things. And I think those, I, I, if, if they ever want to, ha- you know, shout out to the world, if you're connected to King of the Hill, if you ever want to bring King of the Hill back, Mason and me are the ones to get in to help you write premises for episodes. Because <laughs> I've got, I've got hundreds of episodes like in my mind that could work out for King of the Hill
1: yeah and, and the uh, thing is i would tell anybody that is it jacob truly means like premises like they're yeah. all like
0: yeah somebody would have to write the would yeah. have to write the script but i've got the premise for the episode in the format that the episodes go in where it's like the episode starts out this way this is the climax this is the resolution now write the dialogue for it yeah that's got how all the that's, beats yeah. yeah yes exactly so uh but all of that sort of aside that that will lead me into my prompt. Do you actually, before we get into my prompt, uh, do you have anything you wanted to review for this episode? Uh, not at the moment, no. okay, so I, I did want to mention that I went to Division Brewing with will today, and I had a couple of beers there. It's really good. I don't think most of their beers are available in stores, but if you're ever in Arlington, downtown Arlington has division brewing. And I think legal draft is the other brewery that is there. Mm -hmm. I believe that division is actually the oldest one. They just had their sixth anniversary and, um, it is a good brewery. They have a lot of really interesting brews. The one that I liked that I had while we were there was, um, moon, moon something. I can't remember what it's called now, but, uh, it was an IPA that had malolactic fermentation and blueberry, so it was, it was, uh, it was a, they called it a milkshake IPA. So mm-hmm. it was, it had that sort of creaminess to it and also tart IPA or citrusy kind of our IPA, but also that sort of like tart citrusiness and then blueberry flavor. So it was kind of, it was just an interesting, uh, interesting drink. They also had a couple of uh, stouts and porters that I thought were interesting. They are a company that does very high ABV. So if you're going there, make sure that you are prepared to uh be sloshed because it was a a lot of uh boozing <laughs> so. okay, so my last prompt and we'll and we'll go ahead and wrap it up on this, I guess, is Victoria and I have been watching a show called uh Humans. Have you seen this show? It's a British show.
1: I know the name, but I don't know why I know the name like I don't okay. like if it's from that show specifically or not.
0: Okay, so the premise of this show is that this guy at some point developed uh, basically robots that are indistinguishable from people other than that their eyes glow a different color. And uh, they're basically people's slaves, but they're not conscious. They're just robots. But he also developed five or six of these robots that had consciousness. Mm -hmm. And inside those robots' minds, when they were combined, it would create the consciousness algorithm or whatever, and it could be spread to other robots. Uh, Other of these androids, I guess, is the way to to put it. Um, That's basically the premise of the show. The question is, so in the show, people people get these robots for a number of reasons, but one of them is to help them keep up their house, like have a housekeeper, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. The question is, would you ever allow a sexy robot into your house to do housework as your like permanent housework robot?
1: Probably not.
0: That's how I feel about it. I feel like that that in the show like I'm watching it and they all have these like like perfectly proportioned sexy robots, male and female. And just mm-hmm. watching it, I'm like, why would anybody... So Uncanny Valley aside, because I, I feel like if it's a robot that's basically like humans, there there is going to be something about them that's creepy.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's that's one thing. But that aside, the other issue is, why would you ever invite something that could give any type of strain on your relationship with your significant other. And that's the way that I think about it is that like, this to me is inviting some sort of trouble. Why would you invite trouble? It's a and in the show, that is inviting trouble because the one dude is, is sexually frustrated. So he ends up banging the robot. But That aside, to me, it's just a bad idea. And if the robot looked like a person, there's just no way I would ever allow a robot that looked like a person into my house. If it looked like a robot, cool. I'm happy to have some robot cook for me and clean for me. But I'm just not going to let something that looks like a robot into my house, or looks like a person into my house. It's too weird. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the kind of the prompt is like, there's, you know, they always say the uncanny valley is that, like, it gets to some point. So, like, at what point of the uncanny valley, valley would you be comfortable with? Would you allow, like, a bipedal, by, bi, is it cameral? What's what's two arms? By Two legs, two arms? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Would you let a robot that was basically shaped like a human in but didn't look like a person? Or, like, what is your level of comfort for this? Because I think at some point we're going to get to this point. Uh, Where, like, like, these robots are available.
1: So, like, my thing is, my wife's not letting us get a robot no matter what. Like, she's serious, but not serious, but serious, that, like, robot devil gonna destroy the world. Okay. Where, like, for me, like... I'm not gonna like. So like you know, oh you know like Broomhilda, the man beast robot lady. You know, like I, I get why. Maybe you have a attractive. If you're gonna go like full human, why you might go right. attractive, as right. opposed to like fugly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but and, and this is kind of the thing that like i am not interested anymore in science fiction where robots go off the rails and murder humans right i'm also not interested in things where they made it look like robots went off the rail and murdered humans okay like it, it's kind of that like everyone's like hey is oh, he's gonna destroy the world blah 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 and it's like maybe maybe not but like, that that's such a boring trope to me at this point. So for me, it's like our world is designed for two arms, two legs. So having a two arm, two leg cleaning robot kind of makes sense for right. just getting around your shit. But also, like. By the time, like, you know, if you and I become billionaires tomorrow, we can have this robot conversation. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, because, like, at a certain hang on a second. Okay. My computer just decided to make it start making a bunch of noise for some reason that you can't hear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, like, what, what, like, I don't get is like people are always like, Oh, it's a, by the time you and I can afford a robot that does that, we're not going to be worrying about, are we going to bang the robot?
0: Right. I guess you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We'll be, we'll just not be really worried about banging at that point.
1: Yeah. Like by the time, like, like we could afford like this robot thing, you and I are going to like, everybody's going to have had them or something like that. Sure. You know, if they suddenly came out tomorrow with a hundred dollar sexy made robot that cleaned your house perfectly, then I'm probably getting the sexy robot because I hate right. cleaning the house and a hundred bucks is a great deal, but otherwise it's not happening. So yeah. like by that point, like I think that all those like issues will be worked out in theory, but yeah, like my first thought is like, it's not that like my wife doesn't. It's not like I'm going like oh my wife's attracted to women too. So like oh, it's just perfectly fine. Like, right? My wife sees the aesthetic beauty in women. So, like, she would appreciate a not ugly robot if she was going to accept a robot at all. <laughs> so, right? Like,
0: <laughs> well, so, I, I can, see. I and yeah. maybe maybe my issue with it is that. I don't believe that they could make a sexy robot. Maybe. maybe. Maybe that's the issue is that like, I see it. And in the show, all, obviously all the robots are played by people. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. So first of all, it doesn't make any sense to me that all the robots would look different. So, cause each robot is a different person because they're different actors. So, so I'm like, okay, so first of all, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would have different robots that you would just like, there's, five models of Teslas or whatever, or and they're all the same car, but different colors.
1: Yeah. But like all of the options inside can be customized.
0: That's true. They can be. So So like, why would
1: you not customize the outside, which is the least complicated part?
0: Well, clearly it is, it it is complicated because there's, you know, you can get a Mustang and with this Mustang Mach-E, so let's say, well, there's only so many customizable outsides you can get.
1: Oh no, no, no. So, on a car, the outside is incredibly difficult to customize. Right. Because of wind dynamics and all that stuff. But the inside is easy. But on a robot, presumably, a couple extra inches of skin, a couple LSX inches of skin, melatonin, no melatonin. Like, to me, it would be more logical that the robot customization would come like the cheap customization is. Like you go on to I want com and go, I like green eyes. I like blonde hair. I like, you know, right. triple D boobs or whatever. And that's what you put in. And then they just ship you the robot. The can it pick up 3,000 pounds or 4,000 pounds? You know, like the, okay, the see, stuff yeah, that would make saying, yeah. a robot much more difficult isn't going to be included. Like that, like. I could see if they go, like, you can only have a height range between X and Y because, like, they can't proportionally make the parts longer or shorter, you know, just like general humans. Like, if you have got a certain, if you're like Andre the Giant size, like, yeah, you could pick up a lot of weight, but, like, your bones are going to break faster. So, like, the, yeah. you know, the tension and stuff like that. So, like, I can see, like, that level of customization like you can't go crazy with it but like to me it makes much more sense that like you could change the outside of the robot because the
0: insides aren't really changing yeah i guess would, i guess that's true because it would be sort of like uh like on n64 they had a wcw versus nwo revenge do you remember mm-hmm. that game and uh, i don't was... remember if
1: i remember that one but i definitely played one of the okay. like
0: yeah yeah so and in that in that in those games there was you could customize your characters and there was, you know, it was widely customizable, but it was also, there was only so many different combinations you could do. So like yeah. you had like 30 hairs, you could do 30 facial hairs. You could do maybe 40 body types you could do. Um, and then all the different clothing options. So I, I, I guess I could see that, that, that makes sense that like you could have all these you could have a large number of options. Um, I guess, the, I don't know. Like when I'm watching the show, I'm kind of like, this doesn't make sense to me that you would go down to a dealership, like a car dealership, and just be like, I want a made robot. And then they'd be like, here's your made robot. And it's a totally customized, sexy robot that doesn't look like any other robots. That to me is is weird.
1: But yeah, but, but like I think you're still under the the guise of I'm buying you a utilitarian robot.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. And, the, and, like, so, and actually that sort of add to, to add on to that same point, it doesn't make any sense to me that they'd be sexually activated or, or available for that. Like to me, it would be like if you take their clothes off, it's just f- like it, you remember in Dogma when uh, – mm-hmm. Snape's character takes his pants off and it's just flat. Yes. That's how I imagine robots should be. They're just like
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. They're just nothing. It's just, they're not even sexual. Like they're just yeah. they have a general form. And because to me, it's it's so much more trouble to have this type of robot than to have just a an iRobot type robot where it's just sort of vaguely human but is uniform and the same for all the robots. And it's just sort of vaguely humanoid, but not to the point where it looks like another person. Like to so, me, that makes more sense.
1: So this is one of those things where like, it's a utilitarian tool. So like, what is the most customized thing you own, do you think?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not... Uh, uh, be, see, because to me, the color of the phone is irrelevant. The A lot of the phone is irrelevant to me. There is mm-hmm. functionality f- features that I think are interesting and important. Like, I like those phones that fold out. I think those are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's pink or blue or... You know, like my current phone has a flower f- phone case on it, which my dad made fun of me for a little bit uh, because it has this extremely floral case on it. And I'm like, I don't care. It was 50 cents or something. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, why do you get this feminine case? And I looked at it. I was like, I guess it is kind of feminine, but like, hey, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me. It's, uh, you know, orange and yellow and blue, but it's a bunch of flowers. And it was also 50 cents in the discount in so yeah whereas like to me it's like you know whatever
1: yeah like my phone case like i specifically researched and did all this to like make sure like i was getting a not huge phone case but like i mean like if you think about it like and this is one of those things that's like you like you, you you think about like the fiesta before it was like totaled it's yeah. like there were hundreds of aftermarket options that you could have modified the Fiesta with.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And you never really did. And, and my Fiesta
0: and your Fiesta are very different actually. I I mean, I had, I have the hatchback. You have the uh, sedan. Yeah. Um,
1: but like, I think the most customized thing that I've ever known you to own was that bulldozer PC that you had at one point, like the, the, the streaming PC. Oh, yeah, right. Because you picked every part that went into that. Yeah, that's true. And that's the most customized thing that I knew that you you owned. And when I think about myself, like, and this is excluding your house. Sure. Like, because that was customized way beyond what you, you know, would have done. And the same thing, like, in my house. Like, there's all sorts of customizations that were done to my house. But, like, you and I are not, like buy things and then customize them completely. Now, yes, the way your desktop is laid out, the way, you know, the wallpaper, all that stuff is customized And mm-hmm. that. That's probably the most customized th- that, that and the content of your phone, you know, like just the apps that you have on it and sure. the, the layout, like those are probably the most customized things that we own. And I gar- I almost guarantee that when we first met they were way more customized. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like when we first met, like on the big Mac that I had, I had oh. custom icons for nearly every program. Right. And like,
0: that was really important to me. When you and I first met, I didn't use windows at all. Yeah. I was just, I was strictly Linux and that was important to me. And, uh, I have gotten lazier and lazier and lazier about it. <laughs> where like at at this point I'm just like you know just give me basic windows and I don't even really feel like privacy stuff is that important I just want it to work
1: yeah And, and that's the thing is like I think we're both at the point where like there is nothing that we are so interested in from a utilitarian standpoint we are interested in freedom yeah and we don't see our freedom having been increased by sexy maid robot.
0: Yeah, that could be. We could yeah.
1: see we could see our freedom being increased by robot. But like, can you imagine being rich enough to buy sexy maid robot? But like, does it cook? Does it yeah. mow the yard? Does it like? Can it reshingle the house if I bought the shingles? Like. Yeah. Does it have metal detecting features? So if I like drop something important in the grass, it can find it like that's such a niche product that it doesn't make sense. Like from a, just yeah. a us standpoint. So
0: that's kind of like when I, when we were watching the show, it took me a little while to warm up to the show because the premise to me was bizarre because like the very first episode is basically this guy, his wife is away um, she's a lawyer or something and he's struggling to take care of the kids. So he's like, you know what? I need help. So he goes down to the, the local robot dealer and he buys a robot. And the robot was actually a stolen robot that was from this set of robots that were conscious. Mm-hmm. And they had basically reprogrammed it to be not conscious. And that's kind of how this whole show starts. But the the robots in this world so there's a there's actually an interesting there's only three seasons of it because it's a british show you know so they only do a certain number of seasons but mm-hmm. uh it is sort of commentary on automation a lot of it but also in this case the there everybody's worried about these robots taking over automation but then they become conscious and now they're like okay now how do we integrate conscious robots that are in a lot of ways, superior to humans, but in some ways not superior. So, but anyways, in in the first season, he gets this robot to basically help him out around the house. He's like, look, I everything's out of hand. I can't really clean, cook, and do all this stuff. To and then he gets the robot. The robot in one day basically the house is clean. The robot doesn't ever get tired, it, or it has to charge up. But besides that, the robot can clean, it can cook, it can you know mow the yard, reshingle the roof, all that kind of stuff. And that's sort of the, the worry, the underlying anxiety of the humans in this world is that these robots are basically able to do everything that we can do and they don't get tired. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they're like, Oh, well, this is great. And in in the, in the show, I I think the the main guy, he gets his, he gets basically replaced by robots at some point. So there's, there's a lot of kind of weird other stuff in it, but in that first season, I was kind of like, why as a married man, would you go down to the local robot dealership and buy a sexy robot? Why wouldn't you just buy a generic, plain robot? Because there's got to be a market for that. At least in my mind it is, because I would A, not be comfortable buying a, a robot that is capable of sex. I, I, even if Even if that was disabled, sex mode was disabled, the robot is capable of it, I'm just not comfortable owning it it's too weird and it being extremely attractive is also too weird
1: that's that's one of those things where like
0: I like I would rather have a werewolf robot than a sexy robot yeah, it's like, like, okay, I, this robot's I, creepy and scary but I would rather have a werewolf robot than a sexy robot yeah
1: as a as a married man, I'm not getting a sexy robot. Yeah. But if my wife goes, I bought a sexy robot and it's going to clean the house. My first thought would like, I'm assuming I know, or I don't know already. Like I would already know it's capable or not capable of sexual intercourse at that point. Like it's in the zeitgeist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I would I would imagine that's yeah. This so and in, in the show they kind of like later on it turns out there's like brothels with robots in it. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean it's the and same it's the standard,
1: like the standard it's the standard trope they do with all of these things. Like
0: Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing original about this show. It it's it, the show's interesting, but it's like it's all kind of rehashed tropes of robotness.
1: Yeah, but like th- that's the thing for me is like I'm never like I'm not going like I need to figure out like, I'm not saying you're worried. You're going to be like sexually attracted to the robot and do something with the robot. Yeah. It's just not something that I would even like be bothered by it. Like I'm probably, well, no, like t- I said, this is,
0: I, well, you know what? A good example of this is, is my same argument that I've always had. Actually, since you've known me, this has been my position. It is not appropriate for me to go out on even if it's even if it's not a date, but to go out alone with another woman. If I'm not looking to date that woman, and since I've been in relationships, it's not appropriate ever. And now that I'm married, it's especially not appropriate. That that is it's just not in my mind. That is not appropriate, and it's not because I don't. It's not because I think I'm going to be tempted or anything like that is I don't think that that should even be an option for anybody to think about when uh, I'm a married person or for my wife to think about or in past relationships for my girlfriend to think about that there is some sort of other possibility going on that is not up and up, I guess. And I think that's sort of the same situation with with the robot is that whether or not the robot is attractive or not attractive, there should never be an option where I would be left alone with the robot that there could be any sort of question. Yeah. See, like
1: I know your opinion on that. Yeah. Right. And it's not one I share. I know. Yeah. Because like, and this is just one of those things like we don't have time to delve into it tonight Cause like, I don't know, like, I don't know what happened or what you read, experienced, whatever the words are. Sure. To make you need to have that safety net to a point, you know what I mean? Like I like have. Well, like, and I'm not saying that you didn't have female friends in, in some concept, but like I, oh, like pretty much once I hit high school had not a lot of female friends, but two very close female friends. And then in college I had close female friends, you know, like I've always had close female friends that I wasn't really like, it's not that I didn't like most, most of them it's like. If they like, if things progress toward dating, I wouldn't have had an issue with, but like, I didn't start the friendships with the idea of dating
0: them. So I think that that is probably the reason why I think this is because I have never had a female friend where that was not an option. So, Mm -hmm. So, and that's the problem that I have with it is because even if, even if I'm just kind of like, you know what, I'm not interested in this person. However, it has never not crossed my mind where I'm like, you know what, this is a person who is unattached and I'm unattached and this is a possibility. And therefore, once I became attached, I went, this is inappropriate because it's still a possibility. And it's not, it's not, it's not that I don't trust myself. I, I, I believe I have full control over myself. It is that it is inappropriate for me to put my significant other in the situation to wonder about that.
1: Yeah. So like, and and that's one of those things where for me, Mm -hmm. I know that you respect your wife. Yeah. And I know you like respect all of the women you dated, Mm -hmm. but to me, like, you know, it's like you were talking about, like, how while you were away, you were worried that your wife might need you. Yeah. But, like, I don't think you were worried that your wife was going to, like, somebody was going to break in the house and she would need you. You know what I mean? Like, it's no. the the it's classic. Like,
0: yeah, it's like she can't open the pickle jar or something. Yeah. yeah like, she's <laughs> yeah.
1: inconvenienced and suddenly, not that you're, like, knight in shining armor. It, like, you know. Sure. I know, you're, I know your wife is not some daisy. Um, right, right. But like, to me, it, it, it's, it doesn't, I'm not like, I hate the idea of saying that you're like white knighting the situation, Yeah. but it's almost like, you're like, well, I have to be such, so above reproach that I'm not going to have a friendship with somebody because my significant other might worry about it.
0: It's, it's not that I'm not willing to have a friendship. It's that I think it is inappropriate for me to be alone with another woman.
1: But that's my point is like, yeah.
0: to me, I, I don't need, I I can, I can have a friendship where I'm not alone with somebody else and, that, no, no, and that's I, fine.
1: I, so yeah, I mean, you're friends with my wife. Like I sure. Yeah. I, so that's the thing is like, I would never consider that you and my wife being alone together would be an issue. And
0: I, I wouldn't either, but I, I think that it would be, I wouldn't either. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, but that's I think a, we, we've but all been also, friends long enough, but I also yeah. wouldn't do it because I think, and in that case it would be respect to you and respect to my wife.
1: Well, like I think like, that I think there's a difference here is where like, if this happened, mm-hmm. this would be a situation where I was on my way home. You had flown sure. here to visit and I wasn't at home yet. You know, like I wasn't yeah. home from work. You were like, we say lived in Texas and sure you were alone with the kids, like your own kids and needed help. Like I can't right. like, you know, your Victoria is dealing with her mom somewhere or something, you know, something sure. like that where it's like, but I also think that's just one of those things where it's, to me, it's like I, everything yeah. that I th- think I don't feel you mean it in an insulting or an untrusting way. Right, but the only way I can express is it express it to me is it sounds like you're like worry like overly worried that somebody would not somehow trust you, or yeah. like worry about it. And to me, that that's one of those things, like you know, well, I know your wife it, yeah. well en- enough that I don't think she's going to think that. Yeah, but
0: no, you're right. That, but but the issue is. And you're right. Everybody that I know and that would be in the situation, that's correct. But I feel like it is a, um, it's something that can be avoided very easily and would make it just easier in all situations to avoid. So it would be like, if, if let's say that I could take $100,000 out in cash and I could easily let anybody that I trust carry that to the bank and deposit to a different bank for me. But mm-hmm. it would not be, it would just not be appropriate for me to ask anybody that I know to carry that to the bank for me. Like it is, it's, un- it's not, it's not, it's not that I don't trust them. It's that it's unfair to everybody involved in the situation to expect that everybody should have the correct perception of that. What happens to the money who, you know, it, it is, it is an undue hardship, I guess would be the, the legalese or whatever to expect that other people, should have to endure worrying about what happened in that situation. And yeah, but
1: see, to to me, like, and this is just—I know we're not going to get. Is, sure, you're not trying to convince me. I'm not trying yeah. to convince you. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't. You're you're so. I give you a hundred thousand dollars to go deposit to the bank. Yeah. I would not ask you that of you in today's government. Sure. But in an anarchist society, I would probably be willing to ask you to do that because I would trust you to, I trust you to do it, but I also probably wouldn't just from the danger of it. Like, sure. Literally just, that's a lot of money. And if somebody were to rob you, I don't want you doing anything like I would never consider that you would rob me of a hundred thousand dollars and I would never like consider that you concocted some way to get robbed to get the hundred thousand dollars. But like, I'm never going to ask you to do that just because of the safety concern to you. Yeah. But to me, like the way you, the way you were phrasing it is like, like, like there was a, like an inherent built in worry. And I think it's just a different world perspective because to yeah. me, it's like, and maybe and like, I don't, it's not that I think you think you're like God's gift to women. Right. But like, I never like, I am continually surprised that I'm married to my wife, like that. She <laughs> right. isn't going like, like, you know, cause like, we're pretty sure I have shingles right now. And it's like, I don't know how my wife isn't like, get the hell out of my house. (laughs) Sure. You know, like, (laughs) right. Like, and you know, we have a kid and you know, there's that and all that, but like, I'm always constantly surprised that like my wife is with me. So I think that's kind of where I would be like, yeah, no, like no, no one thinks that I'm going to be like somehow, like there's something to worry about. And like, maybe it's just like a naiveness. Cause like I, you know, like if I was like Brad Pitt looking or something like that, I could see somebody being like, yeah, like I'm not really comfortable with you just being around other women for reasons. But like, to me, it's such a interesting thing to even consider worrying about.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but I mean, I'll, I'll say this will be my final, I guess, counter to that is that you have known me through multiple relationships that I've had Mm -hmm. and most of those relationships have been fine and there has been relationships that were very important to me that turned out to be 360 degrees opposite of what I thought. Yes. And that is to me, and this has always been the case. And even before that I had this opinion. and, And as you remember, I've, I've had this has actually been a point of, of I guess, a disagreement between you and me for a long time. Um, even before that, I had this opinion that there is oftentimes people that you do not, that you believe that you trust and that you believe that you have full confidence in. And that, and my opinion is that because that is not always the case, because it can turn out that you were wrong. And very wrong that there that you should not put people around you in the position to doubt the circumstances. I guess would be the, is that I'm trying to think of the, of a, like a very delicate way of saying it, but no, no, you like should, I, yeah, I, you, you know what I mean is that where like so we've had this situation before since we've known each other where we've had friends and other women in our friends groups. And that situation to me is a situation that should not be available to question, I guess would be the, yeah, that and, that's, I guess my opinion.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, to me, it's kind of like the, you know, like the, the joke was for a while that like Mike Pence wasn't willing to be in, like just yeah. wouldn't be in the room. That, that was like the most. A,
0: that was the that was the biggest respect that I ever had for Mike Pence. Where I was like, "That's correct. Yeah. He, that's how he should live."
1: Yeah, and to me, that's one of those things where, like, I just i i understand why you take that position, and I know you yeah. have some good evidence for reasons of taking that position, but. It, yeah, it's, ju- it's just one of those things is like, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I'm obviously yeah, not, uh, you know, like I'm obviously not offended and I obviously don't sure. push, you know, we, you and I don't, we, yeah, occasionally we will push each other's buttons about something stupid, but like, yeah. in that like, like four year old, like brothers, you know, like twin brothers kind of taunting (laughs) each other way. Like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, it's like, if I know you're particularly upset about something or, you know, that I'm particularly upset about something, if we want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. But like, I, you know, very rarely have we been upset with each other where it wasn't something else that was just like, Hey, if all these six other things didn't happen, then this would just be one of those things. Like, Hey, don't do that again. It's like, Oh yeah, good point. Sure. So like, but this is one of those ones where it's like, it's not anything where I'm like, Oh, I've got to like, there's certain things where it's like, you know, somebody believes something and you're kind of like, I need to try to get this person to understand the error of that thinking. Sure. This is one of those things where it's like, no, if this makes Jacob's life easier and it doesn't present an issue for him and why, Strive to change it because like the, you know, if anything were to happen, like innocent, you know, 100% innocent. And then now there's a question and it's like, yeah, that's my doing. (laughs) Like, That's just not worth it to me because like, you know, we, it's not like, like we have, like, I have one at this point that isn't my wife, very good female friend. And I occasionally see her without my wife or daughter around. But she is like a, like, aunt to my daughter. And, like, the few times that I see her, it's like, I went to get, pick something up from her house. Right. And was, like, went left from work. My wife knew when I was leaving from work and knew when I, like knew how far away she lives. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like the amount, like literally we could back into the time and it would make sense. Other than the fact that I got lost for a little bit. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, the stuff like that where it's like, I, I don't do anything like that, but like also I it wouldn't ever cross my mind to be like, like when my wife and daughter went out of town, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I go do trivia with, are this good friend, but like there would also have been other people there. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but like the, there, just because there's other people at the bar doesn't mean that there aren't other people. Yeah. It's like, you know, I can see those situations being there. It's just never, I don't know. It's just not something I worry about, but I also, it's not like I'm flooded with (laughs) that to To
0: me, to me, that's super interesting because that is something that I think about. Anytime we, there's a movie or a show like that, That is something I immediately think about when I'm like, why would you even, why would you even take the, op? like when, when that show was happening and they go and get the robot, I'm like, why would you even get a female robot? Just get a dude robot. Like, or is, is there no such thing as an androgynous robot available? Now granted the show would not continue if he had gotten any other type of robot because that particular robot was special. But in my mind, if I'm a dad who's at my wit's end trying to take care of all these kids, and I go to get a robot, I'm not getting sexy robot. I'm ge- and actually the show as the show continued, there are homely robots. There's homely female robots, yeah. and there's also just normal looking dude robots. Get a freaking normal looking dude robot, <laughs> like yeah. But then the, the show, but like, it but doesn't but make. But but also but I, I like get it. why the show is happening because it, it, it causes drama. But
1: yeah, but like also by that same token, then like the wife's got to deal with the somewhat attractive male, you know, like, yeah, the, the just premise get, just get for up. us is, yeah, the pr- premise premise for us is flawed, but uh, we've been just get, just get a, get, get a, robot, a robot, get a robot talk.
0: that looks like Bender. That's, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Bender. Yeah. That's fine. That's all you need. Bender bending. Rogre- 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 Rodriguez Rod yeah. <laughs> All right. Say, yeah, say okay. the, the lines. Uh,
1: I was going to say, like, uh, wait, which ones?
0: Tasting Say who who we are, Tasting Anarchy and all that.
1: Oh, yeah. So we're uh, <laughs> Tasting Anarchy, TastingAnarchy.com, Tasting Anarchy on uh, Twitter, TastingAnarchy at gmail.com. Uh, Jacob is the host extraordinaire of Childerberg, which I'm assuming we'll have some more info out sometime soon.
0: Uh, yeah, actually... um should be what is today today's the second should be this weekend i I should have the uh the campsites posted and ready next weekend because we do have a couple of things left that i have to finalize but it should be finalized this week fantastic so yeah
1: hope you guys enjoyed sexy robot talk i'm sure uh There'll be a lot of engagement on things that I don't actually follow. And then Will will text me (laughs) like three months from now about sexy robots. And I'll be like, what is he talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. right. Uh, Well, I I I think that was a good talk. So uh, I guess until next time, stay free. Stay free.